Check, check. Mic check. Sixty show presented by Truck Hero, Pro Taper, and Get Data on PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host Steve Mathis. Welcome everybody. June first. Where in the heck is the time going? It is June first, two thousand seventeen. Twelve o'clock Pacific. Thanks for listening. Fly Racing Moto Sixty show presented by Truck Hero, Get Data. And the folks at ProTaper coming at you for the next hour. Your calls at 702-586-7857. Two rounds down of Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships. Ten to go. This weekend, Lakewood. Lakewood, Colorado. Elevation. Nice track. We'll see what happens. It's been a bit of a nutty series so far. It's been interesting. A lot of inconsistency, but I'm okay with that. A lot of bike problems, too. Holy smokes. Uh, in both classes. Uh, Zach Osborne right now leading the uh, 250s and Marvin Muskan leading the 450s. We are going to give away a Fly Racing Revel Chest Pro. This can be worn over or under your jersey. And uh, please, we're going to take a lucky caller at 702-586-7857. Give us a call about anything uh, regarding the Nationals so far or really anything in general. Uh, we'd appreciate it. And a couple lines still open. I'm Steve Mathis. Uh, thanks to FlyRacing.com for coming on this show. Fantastic company, 2018 stuff coming out soon, and uh, you can listen to, you can listen, go, or read, go to flyracing.com, read all about their new stuff, read all about their helmets and their Evo gear and the light hydrogen line and the 2017 and a half kinetic mesh, all out now, uh, and uh, chess pros and stands and hard parts and snowmobile stuff and jet ski stuff and mountain bike stuff, Fly Racing. Dot com has got a lot of what you need. Also, too, uh, Pro Taper, uh, Jay, from Jason Anderson to Bradshaw. Pro Taper has always been there as a brand you can trust. Check out their micro line of bars and grips if you've got a little one. Uh, official equipment on the KJSC guys. Get Data. Cooper Webb uses Get Data. The JGR says you guys use Get Data. Destroy the start with Get, Get, Get. And, um, Real cool uh, thing that they sell a ton of. And recently, in talking to the, the Get guys, two-stroke sales have been really good. So the Get stuff is uh, moving well for two-strokes. And also Truck Hero, uh, a parent company of the folks at NFAB. Truck Hero sponsors the JGR Suzuki team. And whether it's uh, uh, bed liners or whether it's undercover or bed rug husky liners, truck-hero.com. From the inside to the outside of your vehicle, Truck Hero has you covered. Uh, Jason Thomas coming up on the show here very shortly. Remember him? He's raced Lakewood a few times. We'll talk to talk to him about it. Also, uh, Justin Brayton stepping up. I know I tweeted out Adam Cincerillo was coming on, but Adam will be out on the track at that time. He forgot about the time change. One hour ahead to Colorado. So, yeah. But we got Brayton stepping in. Brayton's bored anyway. He's got nothing going on. Number 10 for the MCR Honda guys. Justin Brayton will join us to uh, t- give us his thoughts on the Nationals and what happened. And you can call him. Talk to him, 702-586-7857. Holding the Ford over in the corner, producing the show, taking your calls, handling the winners and such. The Tits Legendary. What's up, Tits? Hey, Steve. How are you? Great. How's Glenn Helen? What'd you think? Surprising. Why? Uh, where do I start? Uh, all of the pandemonium with the PC team and then Tomac's deal with uh-huh. the break again. Yeah. And actually, I've got a question for you yes. about that. So there's a lot of crap on Vital, which oh, may, or may, may or may not Here surprise you. Right. So I want to try am and... I, so- am I listed in any of that crap? No. Okay, Not good. that I was right. aware of, but, but I wanted your insight yes. on something. So is it true that as far as the actual, is it the master cylinders yes. what they're replacing? Yes. Did they use that particular master cylinder because it was his preference over a different one? Yes, yes. Pref- it's a Honda one, I believe. Okay. And it's the one that Eli prefers on his bike. Uh-huh. And it was not 
the same issue that they had in Dallas, from okay. what I gather. Okay. Uh, they took a rock to it. It got a rock into it and uh, okay. damaged the piston inside of it, and that's what it did. Because we said he was pretty upset at his, at least appeared to be his yes. team about the whole thing. How was that their fault if that's... I don't think Eli knew that when Wygant talked to him. Okay. Yeah, I don't think Eli knew that. So, okay. uh, and maybe it's a bullshit story that we're getting fed, you know, kind of back channel, the uh-huh. media. But, I mean, that's what, what I saw. I saw a photo of it and everything. So, okay. um, different problem, but you know, same issue. It seemed like if that was the one that he wanted and it's uh, having a problem, how is he? How is that the team's fault type No, thing? I know. But, but I, like I said, after the yeah, race, yeah. I don't think he knew. Okay. I think he just felt it was Fair another enough. problem um, with the uh, with the same thing. So how would uh, how would Ryan Nudgy have done if he was at Glen Helen Pitts? I like to think he would have gone 1-1. Okay. Um, Did you read my observations column this week on uh, Racer X? I started it. Okay. And then I got distracted. I called Marv Dungy Light. Starts, total package, starts, everything. Uh-huh. Not as dominant as Dungey. Not as fast. Not, not as, as consistent. Fast, yeah. Not as dominant. Mm-hmm. But look at his start average. Look at the way he's doing it. That that could be your guy. Yeah. That could be your new guy, Marv. Yeah. I like Marv. Yeah. He's a nice guy and everything like uh, that, but he just doesn't quite, he doesn't have that uh, je ne sais quoi. Uh-huh. But Adam Cicerillo, <laughs> who canceled on us today, yeah, I, he I does say, have man, it. That's definitely a, a, a knock on him for sure. Um. Yeah. Yeah, all right, let's get JT on the line if you can. That's his legendary. Hey, uh, listen up. There are more people currently moving to Colorado than any other state. I don't know if that's true, but that's what Zach Morris sent me. Uh, contact Zach Morris with Plum Creek Funding at Zach at PlumCreekFunding.com. If you're planning to move to Colorado or you need you work there now and you want to uh, uh, look to buy a new home, you can just contact Zach. Uh, you need to work with a trusted mortgage lender to ensure your new purchase closes on time without any issues. And Zach Morris is the guy, not from Saved by the Bell. The other Zach Morris. He's a local guy from Colorado. And uh, his generosity is going to help you people because we are giving away two pairs of tickets to Lakewood, courtesy of Zach at uh, Plum, Plum, Plum Creek Funding. So uh, definitely we're going to give away two pairs of tickets. They'll be left for you at Will Call. Uh, first up is uh, Kobe. Kobe, you want a pair of tickets? Yes, I'd love a pair, man. That'd be fantastic. Well, you called so early and everything. And Do you have a question at all, or do you just really want the tickets? I just really want the tickets. I actually uh, bought your app yesterday, too, and um, it actually works fine on my iPhone. <laughs> well, so. that's good to hear. We got a whole new update yeah. coming, uh, I think, tonight or tomorrow. So, But it's good to hear. Yeah. Kobe, I'm going to put you on hold, and Tits will get your info, and uh, one pair will go to you. And uh, thanks for calling, man. All right. Thank you, man. All thanks. right. Thanks. All right. Kobe on one gets the uh, tickets courtesy of Zach Morris with Plum Creek Funding. Uh, please, if you're going to move in Col- move to Colorado or you're in Colorado now and you want to buy a new house, Zach's the guy. All right, let's get right to our next guest, or our first guest, I should say. He's from flyracing.com. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? Not much. Did uh, Keeper buy a house yet? Uh, no, I think, he's, I think he wants to work on it, though. Any yeah, up? yeah. I think he, Any update? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, you know, he's being forced <laughs> out of his current job, so. <laughs> right. Um, right. Zach Morris, uh, we're going to give away another pair, courtesy of Zach at PlumCreekFunding.com. Um, you should do it right at the end. It's like Zach Morris, like Saved by the Bell. Should do it right at the end, uh, just like say by the bell. Listen, JT, we're giving uh, we're giving away a Fly Racing Rebel Chess Pro, and okay. when you were up here, we did some Fly Product Pods for the reps, and, and, and they'll, they'll see they'll they'll soon see those or hear those um, down the road. But a lot of debate, JT, about this Chess Pro. I would run this under. I think you said you'd run it over. Yeah, it's really designed to go over. Um, people can run it under, but I think it. Uh, I think it works better over. So, no, not at all. You're you're a little weird anyway, so I totally get that no. from you. But no. uh, I think most people are going to run it run it over. Run it under. That's what you do because it looks cool. I think under the chest. I think under guards. Are they getting cool again? Like are they getting uh, like Adam? For example, Cincerillo runs it, and I think you know what? runs it I like. Think- I think technology's come a long way, so they're so much more form-fitting that you can't even tell they're on right. underneath now. Right. So back in the day, if you had one under, and usually you were from Europe, maybe even Eastern yes. Europe, yes. if you had one on Absolutely. under, and right. you looked like you played linebacker for the Chicago Bears. Right. Um, so I think that's just come from technology and innovation to make them a little bit more uh, invisible. Because you can't tell AC has one on. You can't tell if Tomac has one on. You can't tell any of those guys have them on, yeah. but they do. How about, like, yeah, when we, you and I would be overseas, you could spot the Euro rider very easily. Very oh, yeah. easily. Oh, yeah. I mean, they look like they were, you know, they look like they were 225 pounds. 
You know, and they really weighed 145. Yeah. Uh, fly Chess Pro, Fly Rebel Chess Pro. We're giving one away to somebody. I say wear it under. JT says to wear it over, but uh, you guys can figure it out. Um, all right, JT. So just wear it. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, just, just wear it. Just wear it. Uh, round three, Lakewood coming up. Um, take us through that track. What do you? Obviously, we've seen we've seen some extremes from those night races being glass smooth to you know mm-hmm. Tomac. Well, they had to be. Yeah, Tomac's crash um, uh, was a pretty rough and watered and beat up track. Um, yep. So we've seen some extremes in the track. Talk about doing a lap at Lakewood and what you think about it? Yeah. I mean, you can expect a really rough racetrack. You know, the, the smooth tracks was because of the, the shadows. They had to smooth the track up because you could not see the shadows from the bumps and the ruts. They basically had to smooth that out every time, uh, just for a safety reason. So back to a day race, which has been, you know, since 2009, it'll be super rough. It'll be deep. Um, they, you know, they bring in tons and tons of dirt there just for this national. Uh, the rest of the year, it's like a rock-hard freeway. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, for the local guys, they they basically, like, complain how good it is for the national and that they don't have a, such an awesome racetrack throughout the year. So we definitely get the best best Thunder Valley of the year. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing of note for these guys is the elevation. You know, it's the slowest their bikes will be all year long. Uh, maybe not for Tomac, because I think he lives at, like, 8,000 feet. But for everyone else, they're basically their bikes feel like they have a governor on them. So... Even a 450, you ride the thing so hard. I mean, you, you know, you, you probably lost 20% of your horsepower, so you just ride the thing like almost like 250. Are there dudes? Um, are there dudes starting in first in 450s? Every every time, absolutely. On yep. a 450? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah, I, I started. Uh, you know, when we first started going there, our first year at this track was in 05, and I can remember in 2007, people still hadn't caught on to the first gear thing, and I I jumped right on it. And I started uh, second and fourth at this race in 2007 just because of that. Like, mm-hmm. everyone else was basically lugging it out of the gate, and I just jumped right out of there in first gear. You know, but 10 years later, obviously, people have got it figured out. But uh, it's definitely a first-year start, that's for sure. And then what about the rest of the track? How is it? It's uh, it's kind of I've, – I've talked about it before. You're, like, never going straight on a level – horizontal plane you know what i mean it's like a series of on a side of a hill you're you're going up and down a hill you're left and right you're off camber it's a little tricky track yeah it's you know it's, it's weird because it's uh kind of a, a tale of two sides of the track um on the, the side that the start is on it's pretty straightforward flat turns up and down hills um not really off cambered but then when you get past the section where Stu and tomac both crashed uh 12 and 15 respectively um, then it gets really, really off camber. That long left off camber is, is really tricky. Uh, that's where a lot of paths are made. Um, just because it's so hard to carry speed around that thing. Uh, and then that whole section all the way back to basically the finish line, you're kind of on an angle. You never really get both wheels straight up and down. Mm-hmm. So it was a track that was tricky for me. I had some good results there. Um, but that was really, I think just my starts. But it was tricky for me. I never really felt all that comfortable. Um, just the, the dirt was harder than what I was used to on, on that, especially on that left side. If you're standing in the pit, the left side of the track, mm-hmm. uh, and then the elevation. I mean, I I grew up at sea level, so it was uh, it was weird to have your bike feel so different. And uh, it, you know, the, the the altitude definitely does weird things to the bike and body. Yeah, it's a, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens this weekend. Uh, if you go back last year and you look, uh, Kenny Roxon went one one. Dunge 2-4. Neither guy will be racing this weekend. Um, Eli goes 5-2. Then Seeley 6-3. And Kennard, who's out, goes 3-6. Josh Grant goes 4-7. Always good there. Uh, Bichelia and Porcel gone. So you, a lot of the guys from the top 10 last year are gone. Uh, and we know Grant hauls ass at this place. And uh, Eli obviously feels comfy there. In 250s, Savachi goes 2-1. J-Mark goes 1-3. Alex Martin, 8-2, and then Osborne, 4-6. They'll all be there this weekend, along with Webb and, uh, and McElrath and Forkner and Harrison, who rounded out the, who also finished in the top 10. So looking at these results, though, JT, like, like I don't see Joey Savacci going 2-1 this weekend um, there. You know, and I, I, don't, I don't, and Tomac, you know, obviously with Dungey and Roxon gone, Tomac could easily win. Um, but it's just, I think we're going to see some topsy-turvy and looking at last year's results don't really help. Uh, Marvin, of course, 37-5 last year. He, first moto, uh, went down, I think, on a start or very soon after. Pulled in the mechanics area at some point for repairs, I believe. So, yeah, tough day for, for Marv. But uh, I don't know if last year's results really help us. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because uh, if we really think about it, we haven't seen Josh Grant really excel at this place in a while. Um, you know, on the 250 in 2009, he won he won the first moto in a thrilling race over Ryan Villapoto. And then um, in 2011, I believe he beat uh, he beat Ryan Dungey heads up, uh, which was uh, he was on a JGR bike mm-hmm. at that time. Um, so he's had historical speed at this place, but you know, last year it wasn't wasn't blazing fast. You know, great ride, but it wasn't that level that we've seen him capable of. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if he's able to to rekindle that magic or not. Um, you know, with you know, Tomac's gonna be fast. I think last year he was a little gun shy from his 2015. Um, get off here. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see if he turns that back up because, man, that, you know, his first moto and then the second moto before he crashed, he was incredibly good at this track. And obviously, it's, it's in his home state of Colorado. Even if it is six hours away from his house, it's still his home race. So I look for him to have a bounce back race after Glen Helen. And I fully expect him to go 1 1 on the weekend. Uh, you know, Jason Anderson has his own storyline with, with the altitude sickness issues he's been dealing with. You know, I don't know that he's ever finished two motos at this race. Um, so that'll be that'll be an interesting thing to watch how that plays out. You know, we we yeah. talked about it a little bit. Him trying to come in even uh, Saturday morning, which is unheard of for a national, uh, and then get right right out of there again uh, like he did for Salt Lake. Uh, so it'll be it'll be fun to watch him. I don't know how much fun he'll have, but yeah, just to watch him and how he deals with that if he's able to to salvage it. Um, and then Marv, how does he respond to the red plate? You know, he. Definitely got. I heard it's um, heavy. Some points. I heard the yeah, points. Yeah, the points handed over to him. Yeah. So, how does he respond to that? Does he carry the momentum, or does he let Eli right. back into that lead? So, um, um, I, I would I would agree with you that we can't really look to past races to judge this. I think it's going to be a, a whole new script for the four fifty class. Yeah, I mean Osborne. Osborne goes like, uh, what did I say he did? Uh, four, he six, goes four six. Yeah, like that's I don't see that happening straight up, you know. But uh, but no, maybe. I, um, I know. I mean, he's he's obviously a different guy. Right. Twenty seventeen. Uh, speaking of Jason Anderson, uh, John, welcome to the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. What's your question about Anderson? Hey, so he's from Edgewood, New Mexico, right? Yes. The elevation of Edgewood is sixty seven hundred feet, which is higher than Lakewood, and higher than um, Salt Lake. So it's interesting. <laughs> I know. I and he has altitude sickness. I don't quite figure out either, right? I don't get it. Um, but I guess uh, you develop it. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I know I talked to Bobby yeah. Hewitt a little bit. The pills that could correct the altitude sickness are not approved by WADA. They yeah. appealed it, and WADA still shot him down, which is ridiculous to me. And and basically, Bobby said that you know his heart rate gets up, and it just starts. He can never get it down. His heart rate goes way up, and he gets he gets bonked and. And that's what kind of happens to him. So I don't know, though, right, JT? I mean, yeah, exactly what John's saying. He's from New Mexico. Yeah, I'm. I'm not educated enough on on the ins and outs of it. Um, obviously, a lot of New Mexico is at altitude, so it would make sense that he wouldn't have a problem. But clearly, he does. You know, going DNF uh, last year doesn't help, and and this year, you know, he's he's a legitimate title contender. Um, if he, you know, the first first weekend was rough on him, but he's a legitimate title contender. So we're going to see his best foot forward. I don't think he's going to take any shortcuts uh, this weekend. So it'll be a true test for him. Yeah, I mean, after his first moto win, he he really. I mean, if he can't if he can't go this weekend like he did last year, remember, folks, he didn't even race last year. Uh, if he can't, I think he I think he raced one moto and then he didn't race the other moto. Okay, pulled out though, right? I don't. Th- yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah, he yeah he thirty thirty five forty last year. So he he pulled out the first moto, didn't race the second moto. This is a guy who just won a moto. Um, so this is a huge blow to him if if he can't go. So this is interesting. Yeah, to he's going to try. That's for sure. Yeah. I think that's the main difference is he realizes he can win this year. So he's going to give everything we have. If he yep. can't do it. It's it's obvious that it's a physical reason he can't do yeah. it. Uh, thanks, John. Thanks for the call. Hey, one more thing. Sure. I'm I'm parked across the street from the track right now. Okay. Three things that I've noticed. One is. It doesn't look like they brought in as much dirt this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they brought in a lot, but looking at the right. track, it doesn't look like they brought in as much as they did last year. Okay. Um, and no changes to the track. The other thing was, um, I can see the KTM truck from here, and they are stiffening the fork on Marv's bike to handle that red plate, which is good. Oh, fantastic. Good to hear. Yeah, it's <laughs> super, super heavy. Third thing that I've seen is, i I got to admit it, Honda has a red-wrapped ridge line here that looks Really oh yeah, good. you're telling oh, me, bro. Don't do that. Oh too, yeah, John. no, Come I know, on. I know, John. And believe me, it's got some oh, wheels on no. it that I've been eyeing up. It's fantastic. <laughs> Thanks for the call, buddy. All right, appreciate don't you. feed them. What'd you say? Don't feed the monster. Alex, you there? Yes. 
Shane, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Now, courtesy of Zach Morris at Plum Creek Funding, both of you want a pair of tickets. Unless, do you guys each want one ticket and you can go together? Ooh, we got to be buddies then, huh? Well, you don't really got to be buddies, but I'll give you each one ticket, or you can fight to the death in a trivia contest for both pa- for a pair. It's up to you guys. Uh, I'll trivia go for works. trivia. It's up to Alex. Alex? Yep, that sounds good. All right, so one of you guys will lose. Two men enter, one man leaves with a pair of tickets. So uh, this is going to be really easy. I'm going to ask you guys a question, and simply, this is on the spot, so please forgive me if these aren't the greatest questions. Just say your name. And if you have, if you know the answer, and then we'll go to you. All right, that's how we'll know who's talking. So it's Alex and Shane for a pair of tickets from Plum, Plum Creek Funding. Uh, first up, um, name a gear brand that JT wore other than Fly Racing. Alex. All right, Alex, go ahead. Uh, answer. Yes. Good job. All right, you got one. Uh, this will be a first guy to three. Uh, all right, uh, Alex and Shane. Name. Two brands of bike that Jason Thomas raced on. Alex. Shane. Uh, Alex, went, Alex, go ahead. Uh, Suzuki and Honda? Yes. You probably could have named almost anything but a KTM. Yeah, pretty much pick anything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, this, is, this is for the marbles here. Uh, you've got to make a comeback, uh, Shane. I'm working on it. Which race, which Supercross race has JT won twice? Alex. Alex, go ahead. German. No. no. No, that's a that's a championship. Ah. Shane? Uh you wanna grab it? My guess know. was gonna be Anaheim, but I feel like that's probably wrong. Oh JT would yeah, love it. That's, I like that answer. <laughs> Completely untrue, but I like it. <laughs> All right. Hey Alex, we're gonna give you the tickets. Sorry, Shane. Uh German's good enough. Uh, it's actually Montreal Supercross. But oh, uh okay. but Alex, you, you see you know, when, when Shane says Anaheim for JT, uh we're just gonna forego the rest of the quiz. <laughs> and, and Alex, you Don't get steal my Anaheim wins, Come on. <laughs> Alex, you get the tickets, stay on hold, man. All right. Cool. Thanks, guys. All right, no problem. Thank you. Shane, sorry, bud. Thanks for calling, though. No, it's all good, man. Thanks. All right, see ya. Uh, all right. Two Anaheim wins puts me up there. It's not like Reed or McGrath, but no. two, two Anaheim wins, that's pretty strong. You would not be on this show Thursday at noon if you had two Anaheim wins. Why not? Fro's on here. I, I guess, but be. I guess. All right, uh, Dark Side, what's up, man? Hey, uh, not much. Real quick, you guys were talking about the uh, Rebel Chess Pro a little bit ago. I got one a few months ago when you gave me that Atlas brace, got rid of my body armor, uh-huh. and I wear it under. Yes, yes. And I take the little back piece out, and it's awesome. I don't notice it. The brace fits perfect. It's it's great, just like everything else Fly does. Yeah, no, I told you, under is so. the way to go. It looks cool. Yep. Yeah, I like that so I can see you can see the jersey, you know, all the right. logos and everything. Everything matches. But, uh, right, exactly. All right, Dark Side, what's your question? But, hey, man, yeah, what do you think about – have you heard anything if PC, Pro Circuit, found out what the issue was or was there um, multiple issues? No, I, I don't know for sure. I dug around a little bit, Dark Side. I found out – I got told that it was the same part that failed on all the bikes. Uh, so, okay. you know, a valve spring, a valve, um, you know, cam chain, I, I don't know. Um, I, would right. think, I would think a valve, valve or valve spring would be my guess, and maybe that's something okay. com- coming from the vendor. But, uh, again, I can't really confirm that. That's just something I was told and from a good source, but, you know, I don't know. So Understood. Understood. Are you, are you bringing Marks? Uh, no, no Marks, no. He, he's got busy. No Marks. All right. Well, I'm here, out. and I'm about to go find John since he's across the street, and I'm about to pull up. Oh, yeah, go find him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, man. Thanks, Darkside. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, Justin, you got a question about J-Mart's training? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that guy said two Anaheims for JT. I remember when he used to call in and you'd say, JT, what happened? <laughs> wow, well, oh, we don't so like brutal. to. I so we don't like to talk about JT's last year, uh, Justin, because <laughs> he was a shell of his former self out there. Well, oh, I, I, I don't mind talking about it now. I don't like. I didn't want to talk about it then. I don't mind talking about it now because I know how bad I was. But it was partially like there was a lot of factors, but partially it was effort too. I was so over it. Yeah, just, uh, it's, fine. it's just yeah. not the way I want to remember. It's like a, it's like a great band. You know that had a bunch of number one hits, and then their 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 last tour, they're at the local fair, and you're like, oh, yeah. you're like, what happened? What <laughs> happened? You know, so I, I just I equate that to that. It was a terrible way for. Although, uh, the fans jumping the fence at Lake Elsinore are pouring beer all over JT and his final moto mm-hmm. does kind of make up for it because that was great. Um, <laughs> well, the best part of that story is that I wouldn't drink it because I was scared 
Davy Coombs would get mad at me. Right. And then when I told him the story, he told me I was an idiot. And why would I ever turn down a beer? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, yeah. All right, go ahead, Justin. Hey, um, I, on Monday night I heard Martin talking about uh, the training and how he's not afraid of getting a lot of seat time on the dirt bike versus mm-hmm. so much worry about bicycling. So I was kind of wondering about the bicycling side of things. I know these guys all wear, you know, heart rate monitors, Polar or whatever they have mm-hmm. um, sponsoring them. But uh, are they doing, like, just multiple hours? I see them all post stuff where they're riding, or does, like, guys like Swanapool and their trainers – look at those heart rate monitors and then like they'll ride slow for 10 miles and then they'll pick it up for another 30 minutes or like, how does that work? I thought JT maybe did some of that. Well, back in the day. for one, there are a lot of these guys are on Strava. So go check the Strava app and you can see what they're doing. They're, they're not scared to put it okay. out there in some ways. Uh, you can check Strava, but uh, JT, what a, what's a typical bike ride like for these guys? Uh, it really depends. Um, <clears throat> it depends on what they're doing and the time of year and, how close they are to the weekend. Um, but a lot of it, you know, I, I know Alden does a lot of sprint interval stuff. Um, you know, like on a Sunday after a race, it's going to be super low intensity, just like trying to flush all the lactic acid. Uh, but it, it's mm-hmm. kind of all over the map, really. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, the interesting thing is, is, as Steve said, the Strava has really opened the door for some insight on what these guys are doing. Uh, because, really, it's, it's not rocket science. Uh, as far as the training goes, I think the, the preseason stuff is uh, there's more science to it because you're trying to build a base. And, and uh, I think Alden has some, some cool things with his boot camp. But during the season, it's mm-hmm. just a lot of maintenance stuff. I don't think there's any, any real magic to it. Um, the work's already been put in by that point. So um, mm-hmm. you're, t- you're talking about usually an hour to an hour and a half ride uh, on an average mm-hmm. season ride. But, uh, Justin, it's interesting, both J-Mart on Monday – and Osborne, I think, either on a show or he's told me privately, they do less than what they did with their old training programs. So J-Mart, mm. went, or J-Mart was working with Johnny O, and he, said, mm-hmm. he talked about on Monday how much less work he does now on a bicycle and more riding. And then Osborne has said that Alden's program was actually less than what he was doing before. Um, so yeah. there's a little bit, yeah, like JT says, there's a bit of a, bit of a science to it as far as um, you know, the, guy, the trainers. They're not just hammering every day, you know, and tiring these guys I think, out, I so. think Yeah, I think to that point, uh, a lot of that mid-season, the workload in the, in the off-season is really high. But during the season, mm-hmm. I know uh, Alden, and especially, you have to be able to peak on Saturday. If you can work mm-hmm. yourself into the ground, and if you're not strong on Saturday, you're wasting your time. So um, everything's basically built around having your optimal performance come on Saturday nights or Saturday afternoons for outdoors. Thanks, uh, thanks, Justin. Thanks cool. for the call, man. Thank you. Thanks. We're still looking to give away a Fly Racing Revel Chess Pro. We got Anaheim winner, multi-time Anaheim Supercross winner, Jason Thomas on the line. Uh, Joe, what's going on? How are you, man? Oh, hey, guys. How you doing? Good. What's happening? I've got a nine-year-old son who's been riding quads for a few years now, but he's starting to get into dirt bikes. Um, if you read the internet, there's... That's trouble. 9,000 different opinions about neck braces. Uh-huh. Should I get them one? Should I not get them one? Uh, I'm really not sure. Yeah, some you know. Say you're, some say they're bad. Oh, dude. Yeah, you could go down that rabbit hole of, uh, of I don't see how a neck brace uh, hurts. I, I think I look at it like a seatbelt, in my opinion, my uneducated opinion, by the way. Right, uh, right. I look at it like a seatbelt. How can it really hurt? Um, the early versions of Liot one, I get. Uh, that looked like a little bit like a monstrosity on your neck, a quote-unquote bear trap. But the ones now, like Atlas Brace, like the Atlas Brace, it barely you can barely feel it. It's low, way low on your on your shoulders and everything. Like I don't, right? I don't see a problem with that. Um, and I look at it like a seatbelt. JT, what, you've all been asked this question eight times, eight million times. What yeah. Do you think? Yeah. I, uh, to, for me, I really try to never tell someone whether or not they should wear safety equipment. Um, I can tell you what it's designed to do. I can tell you the benefits. Um, but as Mathis, you know, there, there are some serious detractors out there, too. So when it comes to safety stuff, especially with your child, I just, I can't be the one. You know, you have to make your own decision. I can give you all the information. I can show you what it's designed to do. But anything like that, we've all heard, you know, people that blame neck braces for, for bad things happening. And I don't know whether that's true or not. And I don't think they really can prove that that's true either. I do know it has saved and helped a lot of people. So in my 
my personal opinion for myself, I think more safety equipment is always better. I think that's a pretty yeah. pretty good yeah, that's rule what to I was live thinking by. Too. Yeah, like yeah, I, I don't I don't see I don't know how it, I don't know how it could hurt. Right, right, yeah, exactly. And there are people that say, you know, people have theories on things, but as a general rule, I think the, your best path is always more safety equipment is always better. I think I think that's a pretty good way to go. Um, uh, very good, uh, Joe. You want uh, you want to fly chest Rebel chest protector for yourself? Absolutely. All right, stay on hold. We'll get you the chest Sweet. pro. Thanks, good guys. question. And uh, Tits will get your information. Thanks for calling, man. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Yep. Uh, yeah, JT. It's uh, it's it's a rabbit hole out there in the internet of uh, neck brace people, uh, both for and against it, and um, doctors telling people. You would have died had you not worn the neck brace. And doctors telling people you died. This person died because they had a neck brace. It's just like yeah. I don't get it, man. I just you know I get asked this all the time, right? <laughs> so, and I'm really, really scared of telling someone either either side because the last thing I want to do is, is I tell them something and then something bad happens and they think it's directly due to what I told them. You know, right, yeah. that's just not something I'm comfortable with. So. I explain what it's supposed to do and how it's designed to work, and then I want people to make the best decisions for themselves. You know, yeah. at, at some point, it's, you've got to be responsible for your own decisions. Uh, um, yeah. No, I can tell you that no safety piece is going to prevent every injury. Um, but like I said, the more safety you have on, I can't yeah. imagine how that's not a good move. And, and the Atlas one is uh, look, they're a show sponsor, but it's really low on your on your uh, neck. It has breaking points that are supposed to break if you crash really bad, so it has give to it. It sits really low. I don't, looking at it from an engineering point, again, not an engineer, but looking at it, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. All of that makes sense. And it's supposed to break in a real bad crash and it's supposed to give. And you know what I mean? So I don't know. But uh, uh, you're right. Anything anything that's uh, absorbing force and dispersing force that's not part of your body, I think is a good thing. Right. All right. Let's get to some more phone calls here. Paul, what's going on, man? How are you? Not too bad. How are you guys doing? Good. What's happening? Uh, Not much. I just had a funny thing that I noticed on the uh on the actual broadcast i don't know if you guys have, have watched all of them or not but jake uh, uh sorry not jt my bad jt uh Weege and gl have been sliding in blue yamaha and green kawasaki here and there and it just makes me laugh have they? i remember everybody I'm... was yeah yeah because i remember people were making fun of of uh of ralph doing that and it, they've they've been dropping it in both both rounds so far, they've dropped it in multiple times. I wonder if that's because they're trying to make fun of them. I don't know. I, I haven't noticed, man. I, I, I watched so. I watched the races, but I just I don't pay much attention to the commentary. I really don't. I have my laptop on. You know, you know what I think they're doing, and I think it's Weege. I think Weege is consciously doing this because um, he he when I write stuff, he edits it oftentimes, just like he does your columns, not this. And he's always preaching at me to try to speak like you're speaking to someone who knows nothing about motocross and don't ever assume that they know something. Don't ever assume that they're informed on anything because there's always a viewer that's never watched before. So I think part of that is, is they're trying to educate new viewers If they've never watched before. They don't know that a Kawasaki screen, you know, obviously many people do, but I, I would almost guarantee that they're, they are making conscious efforts to, I don't want to say dumb down some of the content, but I think it's just to simplify things and, and try to reach every viewer out there. Uh, all right, man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Paul. Thanks. Thanks. I'm going to ask Weege about that. I'm going to I'm going to say what's up. Uh, this is uh, Rich. What's up, Rich? How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. What's what's your question, man? Um, I mean, I've been following the sport for a long time. I'm like 50 years old, and you know, they they always everybody always gets so hyped up over you know I won the overall. But really, if you went one two or two one, you got the same amount of points. You didn't really get any extra for getting the overall. No. Why don't, why don't they give points for being getting the overall? I mean, why don't they do anything different, Rich? Why is it? Why is it bonus check though? Yeah, they do get a bonus check, Rich. You're right. Um, but so the wh- bonus is different for the overall. Yeah, they get paid on oh, over, yeah. riders get paid on overall uh, placing at the end of okay. the day. Okay, well that, yeah. that makes a little more sense then. But in the, as far as the sport is concerned, that's just a uh, you know a manufacturer thing to the riders. But why is it twenty five, twenty two, twenty? Why has it been that way for forty years? Why do they have two motos in an outdoor national? Why are they thirty plus two? Like who knows? But it all started that way, and we keep doing it that way. But we never change anything, and I don't understand. If it were me, I would I would shorten the motos by a little bit and have two separate races in the in the motocross day with two winners, no overall. There's just two races. We just have two races. At the end of each race, you win, and that's it. Uh, why confuse folks? Because as you know, Rich, I know it, and you know it because you've been following the sport. But a lot of people sit around and go, "Huh? 
two two and you win or yeah. you know what I mean? So why bother? But that's just my opinion. So um thanks, Rich. Appreciate it. All right, thanks. Thanks. Uh all right, let's Mike, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, not too bad. How you doing? Good. What's going on? First off, I like the guy who's been following the sport for a long time and doesn't know the overall pays more money. But um well, yeah, <laughs> Hey, remember years ago, this is kind of long-winded. Remember years ago when Dungy almost got lapped because his bike wasn't at the line, they had to fix it? Yes. And then he ends up getting seventh? Yep. My question, and you being a mechanic and JT being a multi-time Anaheim winner. Yes, yes. When, that is correct. When, <laughs> when early in a race, like, and not to say mechanics are lazy, but you got three people with Eli's bike, and they have tires sitting there. Why couldn't they have extra other extra parts to swap out? Because he worked his ass off and only got 19th place with obviously a bike that absolutely needed a front brake on that track. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why can't they practice like NASCAR? Right. And um, you can. Up? You can certainly bring a whole front brake system down there. You can do that. Um, you know, they, they just they didn't. Um, I I was on Twitter debating with people how long it would take. Um, I think it would take longer than one minute to change a whole entire system. You got a front brake guide and four bolts uh, to it, and you got a. Weston Dungey was down there, right? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yep, probably. And then, yep. how much time do you make up when you have a front brake as opposed yeah. to not having a front brake? Yeah, yeah. I mean, is this um, something that they should like practice? Well, I remember the Supermotos right. in the X Game days. They made them come in and change a back tire with yep. no. I was motorized. On, uh, I was on one of those teams at wrenches. Yamaha. I was on one of those teams at Yamaha. Um, I mean, they would allow to they would allow to have motorized wrenches, right? Like impact on uh, yeah, things yeah. like that. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's a good question. Um, you know, I, I yeah, they could bring brakes down. Maybe they will. Maybe they start will. Maybe the teams will start bringing brakes down. Um, you, know, you know, but not just that. Maybe handlebars and well, they have that. Like that. Yeah, right? they have they have they have bars. Oh, yeah. They got bars. Uh, they got wheels. They've got uh, mufflers. Um, they have. Um, I think what else? Clutch purchase, um, throttle pieces, I believe, as well. So they have stuff like down there besides wheels. But um, my last question is way longer. What's that, JT? (laughs) Bars would be really tough. Like, there's a lot to that. Yeah. No, I agree. The bars, you're true. Yeah. The clutch key or the throttle key. Uh, thanks, Mike. Good, good point. Good question. My last. Yep. Go ahead. My last question is: How come I keep calling in and I never win anything? (laughs) I don't know, bro. You know what? Blame tits. Tits over there. He picks the winners. So. Uh, thanks, All right, guys. See Thank you. you. Appreciate it. We did give away two pairs of tickets to uh, to Lakewood and the Ch- Chess Pro Rebel. Sorry, Mike. Uh, JT. So through, uh, you're. Oh, by the way, you're on your way to Japan, right? I am. Yeah, I'm yeah. here in like 20 minutes. Oh yeah. wow! Check you out. Going to ride the 18 RMZ 450. That'll be fun. That is correct. Um, are we going to be able to come on the show Monday? Uh, yep. I'll be good. Is your phone work over there? W- live from Japan. Oh wow! Uh, the hotel. Sure. Okay. Hey. So um. Surprises and disappointments through four motos from each class. Uh, we'll start with 450. Give me your surprise. And, and just something you didn't expect to see. I would say uh, disappointment. Um, I, I really thought Baga would be further up in the point. I mean, he did go 8-2 at, at Glen Helen, but I thought he would come out swinging and be right in the mix, um, like first or second or third in points. Mm-hmm. And definitely two podiums and maybe a moto win by now. Uh, he obviously showed a lot of promise in the last moto, but you know the, he was underwhelming the first two motos and then eighth in the first moto, Glen Helen. Yeah, uh, that's just not what I saw coming at all. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I would just say that was a a little bit less than I expected. Um, surprise on the good side. Um, I'm going to say, and been going back. I, I would say Webb on the disappointment that you. I want to throw Webb in there because that's that's a glaring disappointment so far. Um, surprise on the good side. I want to say JG, but he got third at Vegas, so there was a little bit of a, a foreshadowing there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Marv, though. I, you know, he's gone two, two, one, three, um, mm-hmm. and everyone knew he would be good. But to have a 15 point lead and two, two, one, three scores after four motos, I don't think anybody saw him being that good. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a little transparent to say Marv. Uh, but man, that's that's a strong start to the series for a guy that really wasn't even in the mix for any kind of championship contention last year. All right, two uh, two fifties. 
Two fifty. Uh, Osborne's the easy one. Um, yeah. I mean, to have a 20, 21 point lead after four motos is crazy. I mean, that, that's just <laughs> like I said, it's crazy. I did not think that was going to happen. Um, disappointment. I would say the whole pro circuit team. Uh, Cincerello has been good, uh, but when you look at their DNF and Forkner really hasn't been a factor thus far. Um, I think the whole pro circuit team has been. Uh, disappointing for for several reasons you know justin hill hasn't done anything to speak of um and then they've had all the dnf problems and they don't really have a title contender so far you know there's an ac and he's not really that close at the moment so dude if you're if you're if you're austin forkner if you're austin forkner you're 43 points down after four motos (laughs) yeah it's brutal man (laughs) right uh, oh yeah you you have uh and, and the same thing can happen to osborne you know you drop one moto that's a lot of points, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there are a lot of points up for grabs in the outdoors, which is good. But you have one bad weekend, and your whole season can flip just based yeah. off that one bad day. I think if Hill does not win the Supercross title, he's better through the first four motos. Oh, absolutely. You know what absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. It, it made him complacent. I, you know, and maybe he would be pissed at me for saying that, but I, I, that's how I feel. I think he's complacent knowing he's got that Supercross championship in his back pocket. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, JT, thanks for uh, coming on. Enjoy your trip to Japan. And uh, take your where's your Anaheim Supercross trophies at? Where do you keep those? Uh, they're right next to my outdoor title. Um, ah. I have them all on the mantle. My oh, fantastic. And two yeah. Anaheim wins. Yep. Great to hear. Uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, have a safe trip. Talk soon, bud. Thank you. Uh, FlyRacing.com, please check them out. They've got much more than uh, than gear. And uh, Pro Taper as well. Fusion Bar, one-third waffle grip, twister throttle tube, micro bar. Just a few examples of how Pro Taper continues to push the limits and reinvent the way we experience riding our motorcycles. ProTaper.com. Go there. Check them out. They've got a lot of cool products. Geico Honda, the Rockstar Husky, the JGR Suzuki, all use Pro Taper. Truck Hero as well. JGR Suzuki, uh, Truck Hero's uh, a sponsor of them as well. They're a supplier of premium vehicle accessories made in the USA to outfit light trucks and SUVs from bumper to bumper. And uh, Get, destroy the start with Get, uh, the new Get ECU generation, the RX1 processor. The LC GPA is extremely precise and works totally different compared to the common OE systems. They help you get the start. They, they, they help your bike perform better. Uh, Cooper Webb, Chad Reed uses Get. JGR says you guys use Get. And, uh, and we've Get, we've Gettened, gotten, Gettened. Trying to work, get into that. Our, our, we've gotten our next guest. He's uh, he's number ten uh, in your program, number one in your heart. He's from MCR Honda. He had a nice Supercross season. Justin Brayton, what's up, JB? Yo, what's up, Mathis? How are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Good to good to be on. Talk a little moto. Yeah, absolutely. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. If you have a question for Justin Brayton, uh, let us know. First off, JB. So. Uh, first year in a number of years, or you don't ride the nationals. How's that going? Man, it's uh, <laughs> it's definitely been different for sure. Um, but and and I've I've definitely missed it, and just missed, I guess, kind of setting goals and going and striving to get a certain position, or or um, mm-hmm. kind of just striving to to be better on the motorcycle. And um, but man, after watching the first couple of rounds, I've I enjoyed well, kind of sitting on the couch and, <laughs> and watching, but uh, well, let's face it's it, though, been fun to watch. But also, I wish you know. Obviously, I wish part of me wishes I was there, but I'm I'm happy the the decision I've made to to sit this season out. Well, let's face it, though, the two California rounds were never Justin Brayton no, specialty. Oh, brutal, <laughs> brutal. Every time yeah, we would talk, never. you'd be like, "I'm just trying to I'm trying to survive four motos here, man. Just trying yeah, to survive." Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, they looked rough, though, for sure, man. They looked gnarly. Uh, have you ridden since Vegas? Uh, I have ridden twice. And oh. it was two times that were super unexpected. So I flew back to Iowa after Vegas uh-huh. uh, to see my family and, and friends. And just so happened I had a stock bike, literally bone stock, never touched a, a clicker on the suspension. Uh, it was actually a 2016 Honda 450. And some of my friends talked me into riding. So uh, I was actually, I didn't have a helmet or boots there. So I called Showy and told him like, man, I'm, I came back here. I have no gear. Can you send me a helmet? So they next day the helmet and then Garnet sent me some boots, which was super cool of them. And um, so, yeah, I rode two days at a sand pit that I grew up riding oh, pretty much that? all, all my younger years. And yeah. I had so much fun, man. And then it turned 
it's kind of funny. It turned into a lap time battle. Some of the local guys are like, let's just do lap times. I want to see how much faster you are than us a lap. And I'm like, man, it feels like I'm at Hangtown. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. Any yeah. other, any other time? It was, it was fun. No, that's it. Oh, okay, that's that was it. it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's it's interesting it. um, to see. So your your plan is to uh, take the summer off, and then not too long from now, you got to ramp up your training. You're going to go to Australia again and ride their Supercross series. Yeah, that's the plan. Going to go back to Australia in September. We'll go. Me and the fam- family will fly over. I guess beginning of September, we'll stay there for almost three months. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, my wife's expecting at the beginning, uh, middle of July. So. Um, and then my month of June has basically been crammed full with stuff with, um, I'm flying to California next week to, to do a couple tests. Um, and then flying back to Iowa again to do oh, a okay. race. Yep. Um, and then my daughter's birthday. So it's, uh, doing an FCA camp as well. So yep. it, um, it's stacking. So it'll be here before we know it. Yeah, really. Right. Yeah. Before you know it, you'll be like, Hey, I got to start riding and get ready for Australia. It's funny how that works. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Hey, I saw the other day uh, in honor of the late late Nikki Hayden, uh, you did a sixty nine mile sixty nine mile uh, mountain bike ride with Jimmy Johnson and looks like Lance Armstrong as well. Yeah, so it was uh, last Friday, actually about last Tuesday. Josh Strang sent Jimmy and I a text and said, "Hey, let's get together and do a sixty nine mile ride." It was just maybe going to be you know six or seven of us. We're just going to go do it in honor of Nikki. And then uh, Jimmy kind of took it and ran with it. Next thing you know, there's a hundred riders. Oh, uh, we started at a park like a couple miles up from my house, and um, yeah, some some big name heavy hitter cyclists, uh, a lot of NASCAR guys, yep. some moto guys. So ended up being being really really cool. It was a uh, it, it was neat, super kind of mellow pace. Yep. And just kind of chatted with people that knew Nikki or kind of what they you know got from him as far as just being inspiration and. Obviously, doesn't get much better than Nikki Hayden, and very sad deal. But um, it was cool to go out and ride for him. Uh, did you ever meet him when you were at Honda? I did. Yeah, I've met yep. him a few times. Uh, last time I spent any significant amount of time with him was 2013 at the X Games. Okay. And um, we just kind of sat around and chatted a little bit. But um, that's really about it. When I would see him at the races, at any Supergrass, I'd say hi. And, mm-hmm. But didn't know him. Didn't know him real well. Right. Uh, and then did Armstrong come out all the way from Texas just for that? That's awesome if he did. He actually didn't come out for that. He came out for uh, for one. The NASCAR race was in town on Sunday, uh-huh. and then Jimmy put on. It's called the Jimmy Johnson Foundation Fit Fest here in just south of Charlotte. Um, and did a four-hour mountain bike race. So Lance flew in for that, did the mountain bike race, and um, George Hincappy did it, Christian Bandeville, like some old Lance's teammates, and a lot of kind of elite-level cyclists came in to do it. I think there was around 120 or 130 guys that raced it, so it was pretty pretty cool. So we did the 69-mile Friday and four-hour mountain bike race on Monday, wow. and then I did another mountain bike race last <laughs> night. So I've been... I've been pedaling. <laughs> <laughs> you have for sure. And what's this I hear yeah. that if Wygant shows up at a mountain bike race, you will pay his entry? That's the the latest I hear. His entry. Yeah. Factory ride. <laughs> Weed. He's a factory rider. I offered it to him last night, and he sent me pictures of his bike, flat tires, not ready to go. So he promised me. I think it's in two weeks. There's a there's a race that he's gonna. He's going to show up, and I'm going I'm okay. to sponsor him. So. All right. <laughs> That's yeah. the best for him. That's exactly it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you've watched the Nationals, and you race these tracks, and, and you'd be right in the mix if you were there. Uh, can you believe Tomac? He, so our, our guy Travis Marks did the math on his lap times. Had he not mm-hmm. – if he just started the race when the gate dropped in 450 class and had no front brake, judging by his lap mm-hmm. times, he would have got about 11th or 12th, which is insane when you think about Glenn Helen with no front brake. Yeah, all those hills. I mean, you're pretty much uh, use your brake. Maybe I don't know exactly what the percentage is. Probably 85 percent, right? Is your braking power with just your front brake? So, mm-hmm. and it's even probably more coming down those hills. So, that's a pretty cool stat to, that he came up with. Um, but yeah, that that's wild. For yeah, sure. um, super unfortunate. Does anyone know exactly? How it happened, or was he got, it the same he got a rock in it? As, well, as the Cal- yeah, no, Cowie guy told me he got a rock in it. You know, uh, I saw a photo really? of it and everything. Yeah, so but same kind of issue where it was like semi locking up or semi grabbing. Yeah, um, you but, know what I first thought was hmm. when JG crashed, I thought he pulled back onto the track and hit Eli, and that's yes. how it happened. Me too. But then so I had to rewind it a couple <laughs> times. I was like, no way, if that really just happened. So and obviously yeah. that's not what happened. But yeah, um, yeah, super unfortunate for 
Hey, the, the one thing that strikes me through four motos, I wrote about this a little bit, and I like it, but it has just been nutty. Like, uh, uh, Eli's had mechanical, Josh Grant crashed out, the PC guys all broke, J-Mart broke in, uh, in Hangtown, um, Forkner had a problem in Hangtown. Like, outside of Marvin and Zach, who are leading their classes, the inconsistency mm-hmm. is the one for one thing I'm taking away after four motos. It, can't, it doesn't seem like, you know, the guys can keep holding together. For what for whatever reason, and and typically we'd be talking about the 250 class being that way, yes. and that's kind of expected. But the 450 class being that way, I obviously expected the the top runners from Eli and Marvin and and Grant to be up there. And Grant actually really impressed me how long he led at Hangtown. Mm-hmm. That was that was pretty impressive. And then you obviously expect him to do really well at Glen Helen when he had crashed. I'm like, oh, this gives guys like Christian Craig and mm-hmm. and them an opportunity to get on the box. Um, and then Eli, it's all in his starts, I guess. I mean, if he starts top five yeah. in every moto this year, let's just say even if he starts top ten, we almost always bet on him to probably win that moto. Yep. But he's just put himself in too much trouble. And Marvin, it's funny, even I think of Marvin more of a super cost guy, but then I we do, all yeah. forget he's yep. a two-time world champ. It's kind of, you know, obviously being in Europe, Europe is more of a motocross based i guess as uh-huh. you're growing up you're probably more apt to, to race motocross so he's legit he's no joke and i think uh if he continues to get those starts and he's gonna be just like a robot all summer on the podium every right? single weekend every like, round so eli's gonna have to start chipping away at, at the points it's not gonna be easy one i think one more big mistake like that Man, might yeah. might cost him the, the championship. Um, yeah, maybe, man. And then and then so you have Ferrandez, who absolutely destroyed Moto Two. I mean, he got ninth in Moto One, and then he comes out and Osborne's like, "Hey, I tried to stay with him." Uh, Ferrandez decimated the field in Moto Two, and you're just like, "Wow, huh?" Like I got to start really th- rethinking everything. Yeah, I think those conditions really suited him because. If you look at some of the tracks that they race over there in Europe, they're mm-hmm. really similar to that. They're dry. They're never prepped. Right. Um, it's true, but the potholes yeah. everywhere. So, yeah. like, the worse the track for Ferrandez and the drier the track, I think the better he's going to be. It'll be interesting to see how he does when we go east, when the when the ruts get really deep and there's some some softer dirt. I still think he's going to do great, but that second moto, he was he was on it. it didn't show him much on TV, but. I was looking at the gap, and mm-hmm. it was pretty impressive to to see how big of a gap he had. I know, right? Uh, we got a call for you here, JB, from Kyle. Kyle, welcome to the uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's your question for Justin Brayton? Yeah, thank you for having me on. You're a, you're a big fan of music, Steve. Have you watched the documentary Sound City yet? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, good one. But anyway, um, for Justin. And I ask this because I don't, it's basically just an honest question of many times riders won't disclose their injuries publicly. Um, you'll see them struggle. And I was wanting to know, typically, why does that happen? Is it something where they don't want sponsors to know? Or maybe it's an instance of like whenever JG hit um, Mike Alessi and took his knee out knowing he had a knee injury? Or could it be even a mental thing where if they know you're weak, it gives them confidence? Yeah, why does that, that drives me crazy, Brayton. Yeah, I think there's two sides to that. I honestly believe, and I've probably been through this before, that you kind of hold it in to almost see if you can see how well you can do with the injury and you don't really want to tell people you want to kind of be tough and go through that. And then it's almost like you have that on in the back of your mind, like, okay, if I don't do well, then I'll – it's almost like a built-in excuse, I guess. It sounds terrible, but yeah. I think a lot of guys hold it in for that. But then another reason is just, yeah, I think mentally and and for sponsors, I think there's several reasons, but I would like it to go more the the way of, hey, let's just tell tell everybody what's going on. Let's just tell them the truth, and here's if I do struggle, here's why it's happening. But then also I've had where teams don't want me to say. Teams will say, hey, we're not telling anybody. Keep it yeah. within the team, and um, so there are several sides to that, depending on the severity of the injury. Um, and, but typically, yeah, and for we, sure, we kind of hold it in, which I don't really agree with. And for sure, Kyle, there's riders on lesser teams that hold injuries back so they can keep getting paid. 
Like yeah, th- that I happens. I definitely you know. see that being the case. But for you, Justin, do you feel like just say you're behind somebody and you're just like, I know they're struggling with a knee problem or they got Epstein Barr. Do you feel like you're like, okay, I got this. I, I can take Yeah, what about that, Jake? It gives you a mental yeah, edge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Or if somebody has a wrist injury, you know. If they're fast for the first 10 laps, you can almost count on them. Like, all right, their wrist is going to start hurting or whatever it is, their knee. So for sure, that's part of it too. Um, you definitely have a, have an advantage or have that in your back of your mind that if somebody is struggling, um, it's definitely well, uh, a weakness. Thanks for the call, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It was an honor Thanks, to talk man. to you. Thanks. Yeah, it drives me nuts in the media because it's, <laughs> it's like it's fine to say, you know, you're battling this. And then other guys are like, yeah, I'm sick. And you're like, oh, okay, right, great, sure, you're sick. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if a guy does yeah, poorly, yeah. he's like, ah, oh, uh, you know, I just, uh, it's frustrating in a me- as a media to try to cover things like that. But I imagine it happens in in, in all sports, you know. So, yeah. Um, have yeah. you checked in with Cameron McAdoo, your fellow Hawkeye, if he's alive? I have. Okay. And uh, I was pretty, I was pretty worried that was a gnarly, right? Gnarly and uh, he said he's all good, so. I feel bad for him, man. He's he's uh, had some tough luck so far, but I think it goes back to similar to kind of why I struggled the first two rounds. I'm a lot better mm-hmm. in soft conditions and ruts, and he's unbelievable in the sand. Yep. And you just have to ride Hangtown and Glen Hill and totally different than what he's used to. Uh-huh. So I definitely see him turn it around here soon, probably even this weekend and, uh, and being better, but – He's definitely had an eye opener out the first two rounds from the track and competition and, right. and all of it. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough and then sure. the flip side are these kids like Mosman and Cantrell step in, and you're like, holy man, like, like how are you guys doing this? They're, they're consistent for one, and they're riding great. They're charging from the back. You're you're just like, man, yeah. I, it's, it seems like the rookies that step in immediately do well, and then they kind of, as the grind gets them down, they, they, they drop a little bit, but – not the first time. Yeah, and I think opposite of that, opposite of McAdoo, Moseman grew up, you know, not far from Hangtown. Um, so I figured he'd probably do well there. And uh-huh. then also he rides Hangtown, or I mean, Glen Helen, he rides that. Sure. Or has ridden that a bunch. So, um, and just talking to talking to Nate Dog um, Ramsey, who works with Moseman and has for a while, he kind of said, like, the first two rounds, he should, he's going to come out and, and hopefully do really well, which. Maybe that'll transfer to yeah. Colorado and, and so on, but right. we'll see. Uh, talking about JG, your ex-teammate at uh, JGR, uh, 3-3 at Hangtown. Like you said, it's surprising he led so long. He did great. Glenn Helen got a third in the first moto. Probably would have been in the mix in the second had he not crashed out. And then again, JB, I would look for Josh Grant to be strong this weekend in Lakewood. Hey, we were teammates the year that he ran Dungey down and gapped him. I don't remember what the gap was, but right, it was right. a crazy gap. And in practice, I remember coming back to the truck, and I think I was – I know for sure I was top five after practice. I think I was fourth. And I was like four seconds a lot slower than JG. He was first. And he was two or three seconds a lot slower than everybody. So they can talk how good he is at Hangtown and, and uh, Glen Helen, but he's just as good at Colorado. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, who will be in the mix this weekend for sure? It's a nice story by him. Uh, he's not a fan of mine, and I get it. Whatever, I don't care about that. Like, he got his ankles fixed. He had no ride. Fills in for Will Hahn, and you know he's been doing good. So good for him. Got podium Vegas, and yeah. uh, it's good to see. It's, it's something maybe other vets can realize too. Like if you got a, an ACL that's out or whatever, go get it fixed. You know? Yeah, yeah. Dino's been a good story too. That's yep. been cool to see him. Couple fourths. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's great. And another one that I've been super impressed with is uh, Colt Nichols in the 250 class. Right, me too. I mean, he, he, <laughs> yeah, he's basically rode his way to those positions, and especially at Glen Helen, I think it was first moto. Um, at the beginning of the moto, he looked like he was wanted to go to the lead. Like, yeah. You know you can yeah. tell that aggression at the beginning of the moto. Right, like, right. Hey, I'm just going to sit here in fifth, and I'm happy with that. He was not riding that way. He was riding like, I'm going to the front. I don't care who it is. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, especially coming off an injury. And yep. last year, I don't think he did that well outdoors. So no, his average last year cool was a fi- his average last year was a fifteenth place. That's what he averaged. Yeah, well, you know, before he got injured yeah. and hurt. Um, all right, before yeah. we let you go, Justin Brayton, anything new for you for eighteen? I mean, are you going to be back with MCR? Are you going to be on a Honda? Do you have anything locked down, or is it way too early for that? Uh, nothing locked down, but looking like you know most likely stay stay with MCR on on some Hondas. Yep. Um, yeah, I think it's just going to continue to get better and better, more Honda support. Um, 
my relationship with Honda is, is awesome and I would love to, to stay on the same bike. I think that's the biggest part is, mm-hmm. you know, they had a new bike this year. So I feel like I owe it to them and myself to be on a, you know, another year on the bike, uh, be more comfortable and come into the season a hundred percent prepared rather than, you know, with not many parts and, and right. pretty much on a stock chassis. So, um, yeah, looking like it's going to stay the same. Nothing is completely finalized, but I'm uh, pretty sure it's going to stay that way. We had your buddy Eric Perinard on the Monday show. Uh, are oh, you, nice. Are, are you nice. locking in any Bercy or Geneva deals with him? Uh, I think I'm in for Geneva for sure. Mm-hmm. I think Bercy's going to conflict with uh, an Australia round, so okay. um, fits in best for me to, to go to Geneva. And I think me and Marvin are tied for most all-time wins in Geneva, so we'll have to go there this year it'll, and it'll battle be, it out. It'll be the See battle. get five. Yeah, yeah. Ber- Bercy's back in the city, and I think Marv's going too. So I was thinking that you'd be cool. on the list if if you if you weren't uh, in, in Australia. So um, awesome, yeah. uh, JB. Thank you for your time cool. on the on the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. Good luck uh, with the new edition uh, coming soon. And um, yeah, stay in touch, man. Thank you for your time. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Justin Brighton, everybody of the MCR Honda team. Jason Thomas as well. Anaheim winner tits. That's, that was pretty amazing. That's up there with Pookie and her uh, big air with Biker Sherlock. <laughs> I don't know about that. But uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Thanks for the phone call. Thanks to Fly Racing, Pro Taper, Truck Hero, Get. Thanks to Zach for the tickets. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you. I was born in a-